Welcome to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. We are in for it. We are in for it. We are in for it. And uh, what I mean by that is we're excited to cover um, this story arc for all of you listeners and talk about it. But it's going to be a long day for us. So you guys can (laughs) clock week to week if in this three um three episode arc to cover this storyline if we lose our mind yeah you'll notice by the third one that we've gone insane (laughs) (laughs) um but that is alluding to what we of course are covering this uh the this week which is the first two issues in this bprd storyline the dead we're very excited to get to that um and we're excited to be back um I say that every time we record, it like we're like back. It feels like it's been a long time. For them, it feels. I feel. I, I understand. Like for the listener, we're week to week. Yeah. But for us and our schedules, we tend to have to sometimes. Sometimes there's a few weeks. Yeah, a few weeks and take blocks, and so it's like time travel in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. In a weird. I don't know. I'm not making any sense. I gotcha. <laughs> uh, but time listen, travel, you say? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but listeners, we love having you. Thanks for joining us. Um, but before we get to the dead, um, we're going to jump right into our favorite little segment. Oh boy. Email. Uh, this email comes from, <laughs> I love that. You really, line at the yeah, end. You really hit it. Yeah. Uh, some prime <laughs> shit. <in there. laughs> yeah. This email comes from Mr. Professor Richard Pitaway. Um, it's titled Hellboy the Board Game. Yeah. So he says, Dear Hellcasters, so happy to hear your episode on playing the game. It is super fun, and I totally understand coming in right at the wire. I actually lost my first game where I played the same case file, which is cool because the t- we played the we could have so easily lost. Yeah. Like we and were that was so close to losing. Am I gonna say the word wrong again? That was the t- tutorial. Did tutorial? I say, tutorial. I yeah. say it wrong every time. That's okay. Some some words I get caught up on and then I say them wrong all the time. And then I know I'm saying them wrong in like a context of like acquaintances who all think I'm a, just an idiot. And I'm like, I it's just, I can't, I know the word. It just doesn't come out of my mouth. We need to do a backdoor pilot uh, podcast for <laughs> where it's just people trying to help me say things right. <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, we easily could have lost, though. He says, where I, he played the case file, but only at, as Hellboy and Abe, which seems even harder because we got out of yeah. there because of Liz. Yeah. And he says, I love the gameplay mechanic with the slow build and then the final confrontation. So do we. That was like a big aspect that us and our guest Clay Larson loved. Yeah. In addition, I wanted to point out the way they have selected the four elements to be the root of the investigatory team. I know if Mike Mignola gets the credit for this or the game designers. He, I mean, he doesn't know if they get who gets credit. Mm. But it is awesome. You have fire, Liz, duh. Water, Abe. Air, Johan, and Earth, Hellboy. I don't know if they went into it thinking that, or if we've talked about that, but it is very clear that they are like the, I'm all sure those Mignola's elements. Mignola's like thought about that. Like, I feel like any aspect that's like that is probably something that he's considered. 100%. He just thinks like that. So yeah. Much. And sometimes I think those things happen with a creator such as Mignola, who's done it for so long. You might not even be a subconscious choice. Yeah. Just trying to vary up your characters, right? Just yeah. seems like obvious. 
um, of a good man, a good creator like him to do that. He says, even as you expand the rosters, they give you more of each element. Lobster Johnson is a ghost, air, and Roger is an alternative, earth. I will say, I'm looking forward to playing with him, as he is a tanking beast, red defense, and his attack is based on his charge level, so you have to be selective about who, who you hit, because he winds down fast until you take time to recharge him. Seems so cool to play with those other characters. Yeah, that does sound fun. It's like, uh, a whole other element. And yeah. we have, we've only played twice element. now. Element, elementals. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to play a third round because we've only played yeah. twice. Yeah, we have a bunch more files to do. A ton more, and I'm like, I want to play all of those before I even consider purchasing an expansion pack. Yeah, yeah. Even though I don't know if don't know if those are available just yet. I don't know. But I'll buy I did em. see expansion like the pieces. I saw like fire right. pieces and like the ones that look like busts of the character, like just oh yeah, from shoulders up. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, they do look really cool. I've seen a couple. There's a guy um, online, Skull Mari, who we met in line at the Earth 2 Comics, and he has been posting his painting of the figures, and they're oh, sweet. fucking high quality, awesome. Was it the guy with his like wife and their kid? It was a friend. He is married, but that was not his wife and his kid. That was a friend and their kid. Oh, got it, got it, got it. But he but is married. It. He has two guy. children. He has these funny videos of them driving their land speeder on on. On his Instagram, that's very funny. His children. Wait, what's his Instagram called? Skull Mari, I believe. And, like Skull and then M R M A R. Oh my God. Skull Mari. S K U L L M A R I. Skull Mari. He's great. He's very cool. He was a super nice dude. Super yeah, nice dude. He loves fine. this stuff. And his, his like actual quality of his paint jobs on the figures is awesome. I he's love done a, that. Dude. He's done a killer job. He does a Baba Yaga one that's fucking stellar, and all the all the frog monsters he did. He has such more patience, high quality patience than me to do that. You, <laughs> the thing is, too, like once you, once you like, I, I I've only ever done it to paint my like D and D mini, and I thought I was like, oh, I have to be like so precious about it, but it really like you can paint over your mistakes. Like there's like you can fuck up and still do it. So I, I bet you would be a lot better at it than you think. That's good to know. We should try it. We should try it with our with the minis from. Dennis. I would. I'll do it with that you. That would be fun. Do you prime yours too? Because he did like yeah. he showed his whole process of like yeah you got priming like them quickly breeze over them with like spray paint primer. Ah, uh, that's at least that's what my friend Josh who was like has all of this stuff and like teeny little paintbrushes and shit. I would do it. We that's should just start did. with the Hellboy and the Abe one. Yeah, we collectively do that together. It would be fun. All right, I think we just made a plan. We should have, I mean, Josh and Goldie are big like board game heads. Maybe we should have them on. I would love to do. Okay, cool. Hundred percent. Sorry, sorry for the tangent. I love that way. You know, podcasts that you put scheduling in the episode. Yeah. People, people love it. This is a fascinating part. But yeah, a real behind the scenes look. Uh, definitely check out Skull Mari. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and then now on to the nitpicks. He says, I did the exact same thing where I forgot about the card when I took time for the first time. It's hard to keep track of all the things going on in a given round. So don't feel bad. Yeah. yeah I mean, I feel every board game that is has nuance or depth in it. You're going to there's things you're going to like learn as you play it more and you miss yeah. steps. And also, who gives a shit? You're in control of it. It's not like somebody's not you're not in a competition or a tournament. No one is monitoring you. Yeah. And it's literally like your first time ever playing it. Like there's so much going on like it's yeah without clay we would have been floating out to sea like yes. we would have been lost and <laughs> even with him we still missed something so it's like i felt reassured that it's like oh this is just 
gonna happen yeah if we would have not had clay and done the game i feel like it would have Dude. been two hours of us going over the over just the the gameplay and the we'd rules we'd chucked it out the window <laughs> and be like you know forget it just forget it <laughs> uh, he says oh my god hellboy check your freaking pockets he has his deep pockets for a reason and i love the mixed bag that comes out of it Best case, I pulled an incinerary grenade out. Worst case, pulled out a pack of cigarettes during the confrontation. Uh, you could only use them. You when can you, do that? Yeah, apparently, yeah. That's we didn't. Very I think we only used it. We might have not only actually when we played it the second time. Yeah. When we played it, we started playing with the pockets and the, and the additional thing. I think we didn't yeah. do it in the first game. Yeah. But it's very funny. He says he pulled out cigarettes during the confrontation. You can only use them when you take time. So utterly useless in the boss battle. Oh my God. <laughs> but very cinematic, which is, that's true. He says, quotations, as the giant frog monster barreled down on Hellboy, Johan's mangled suit behind it. Hellboy reached into his pocket, pulled out a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> got a light. He asked the monster let loose a blood curdling cry. Guess not. He, he said, Readying a dev devastating right hook. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and it's like it's you flavorful. Can, yeah, and like I think that's the fun thing about that play is you like D and D. You sort of can color those moments like this. Totally, like, like he's done to give it, it that. It makes it feel like a firing squad kind of thing. Like how they have like if you see a guy with like a bandana on his eyes with all the like guys lined <laughs> yeah. up to shoot him and he just has a cigarette in his mouth. That's what it feels like <laughs> if like. A huge space creature is like about to murder you. You yeah. just pull out a pack of cigarettes and you're like, meh. If you're a firing squad and you smoke don't smoke. Smoke if you got them. Do they got other options? Can I have turkey <laughs> in my mouth? I want chicken nuggets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you dunk them for me? My hands are tied up. <laughs> dunk them. Dunk them in this. <laughs> and then he continues. He says, when you lose an action cube, you can't save one from the prior turn. All unused action cubes are discarded, so A, being distracted makes him significantly less effective all around. But it's so in keeping with his character. Literally in the first Plague of Frogs book, he's distracted by his mysterious past and not paying attention to the mission, which is exactly what his card represents. Oh. Which is cool, yeah. Like yeah. I think we might have played it without but prior to reading Plague of Frogs, but him pointing that out is very clear. Like, oh, there's other character... Um, characteristics and traits of theirs from the stories that play into that. That's really cool. Yeah. But I think he's not distracted all the time. He's great in Seed of Destruction. He's yeah. He's wonderful. <laughs> he saves the day. He's focused. <laughs> and then he says, you guys almost made me get an Instagram just to watch this episode, but I'm just really not a social media guy. Fair enough. It's okay. We don't, yeah. yeah. I do watch YouTube live though sometimes. So if you ever upload the video, I'd watch the hell out of it. Sweet. Um, I don't have the video, but I do need to look into getting a YouTube account for us. So in the future, we can stream on both, hopefully. Oh, yeah, that'd be really fun. So I just, I'm lazy and haven't done the work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it probably is It's isn't. not lazy. <laughs> you do so much work. You're good. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, uh, it will happen in the future. He says, I will say, did not see Dave being that short. I guess you sound taller. Well, thank you. It's sort of thanks. like, yeah, thanks. It's sort of like, I'm glad I sound tall, but then I'm also what's wrong very with me tall. being short. I don't think you're like short. I think it's just like we're at the opposite ends of like an average, I would say. Very true. You know I'm below I mean? average, man. You are probably above the average for a woman. I probably like in the, I like, I don't know the consensus of what yeah. society says is in a sense is what I'm saying. I'm working with their standards. Average height of American women. <laughs> You're looking it up Googling. right now. What are we about five to walk four. into? Five foot four. See? See? 
I am. I am. So I am even below. I am her. below not only the average man, but below the average woman. Five four. I mean, whatever. I'm five. I'm technically. I say five three, but I think I'm slightly under five and like closer in the range of five two. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he. Calls now you it, all know. Yeah. <laughs> and my body mass index is. <laughs> Here we know. go. And here's no my idea. body. Our body fat. <laughs> I don't know that at all. I eat terribly though. Significant. Yeah. <laughs> Just bought new running shoes. It's gonna change. <laughs> uh he closes he closes out by saying, I finally finished the first model from my own set, and I'll include some pictures with this email. Nice. They're very cool. Um, I'll pull them up for you if you don't have that email, Kate. And he says, uh, I decided to do iron shoes. Told you I'd start easy. Only thing left is basing, and I haven't decided to paint it like bricks in a crumbling tower floor. Oh, he says, sorry. Let me read that sentence again just for the, I can edit. Only thing left is basing, and I haven't decided to paint it like bricks in a crumbling tower floor, or do half like and leave the other half black so it looks like he's leaping off of a ledge. Oh, cool. So it's very cool, that idea of like, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you've done it yet. I like the, the ledge part just because Iron Shoes in the comic, he sort of is, Always leaping, yeah, trying to get away from Hellboy or jumping on him. Yeah. So I'm going to, that's my vote, is make it look like he's leaping off a ledge. My next project, he says, is going to be Johan. So that may take me a bit to get right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Trial and error probably on giving him a feel or a look. Yeah. He says, love you guys, Professor Pitaway. P.S. I might be sl- sleeping on the couch again because I couldn't resist the Wild <laughs> Hunt expansion that they made available early to Kickstarter backers. Oops. Ooh. Yeah, your wife's going to make you sleep on that couch. Yeah. You can't spend you can't spend all that money. And then he says, but there are giants in the boss Damien and Hellboy with a sword shard. Sword shard is what that's I attempted awesome. to say. But yeah, that's amazing. And he, he gave us definitely the pictures of his work so far. Nice. Very good. There's the with light on it. Oh I my think God, that's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, they look great. Well done. And then yeah, the, all details. the giants expansions, all these expansions. I wish I had all the money for. Wow, dude. Yeah, there's the demon. We haven't met the demon yet, so no. these are because these are wild hunt. Oh, cool. But yeah, I'm I probably pronouncing tough. that incorrectly anyway. So, <laughs> but the giants are cool. I like how big they look. Uh, yeah, they look awesome. That's very cool. I'm jealous of that. Maybe one day I'll have it as well. <laughs> yeah, but uh thank you professor great email yeah. we love hearing from you um let's move on to our next emailer this comes from drew campbell you know you know <laughs> <laughs> you know him his his is titled oh boy email <laughs> it starts with hey crappers you know we go interchangeable uh, nicknames that's right he says, I'm so excited for you guys finally getting to the real BPRD. Yeah. From start to finish, the whole BPRD cycle of stories is, in my opinion, one of the greatest epics that's ever been told in comic book form. Guy Davis's run is an absolute masterpiece. And from your comments, it sounds like you guys pretty much already recognize that. Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, it's so impressive right away. Yeah, I agree. It's it's really wooed us over. For sure. He says, even though his art style is in, in many ways about as far from Mike Mignol's as it can be, I've always been fascinated at how perfectly it fits the world and never once felt like it didn't work. Totally. Yeah, I think you can just go back and listen to us and I think we 100% agree yeah. with you. I don't really have anything to add about the story, but I did want to point out something interesting that has occurred to me. 
This is fun because this relates to the email we just read. The four key enhanced agents at this point are Abe, Liz, Roger, and Joe and Johan. I know these characters were not all created at the same time, but surely it's no accident that they perfectly represent the four classical elements of cool. water, fire, earth, and air. I mean, honestly, everybody's saying it, but I never gave it any conscious thought. Like I, I, didn't was, I was like, oh, they're just neat. But, I do but think it makes that, perfect sense. But isn't that a testament, though, for a good writer creator because i think if you drew attention to that then it would feel base and we sort of would yeah, maybe like be like he didn't Ugh. bother well i'm sure you know these other guys are like astutely like why like they either like have read it and like maybe it sinks in at a certain point or it's just like they've read stuff about it or, or yeah they just recognized it faster than us or something for like, sure it's just like but yeah, to to kind of figure it out is very fun. Yeah. It's cool. And it could be a thing where the creator, like Mignola, we said like he had it in mind, but it could be that like, I'm just creating these characters. Then in the end, I realize, oh, they are that. Yeah. It could be that, again, a great character sometimes subconsciously, so you just do things because it's just good pattern and good uh, storytelling in yeah, a sense. Totally. I love it. It's, and I think it's very funny that we haven't mentioned it at all. Yeah. Until then. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he goes on to say, and about them being the elements, he says, does that mean something? I don't know, but it sure is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's a hundred percent cool. Yeah. Um, and he says, one last thing about the story, make sure you remember Roger's dream about being a boy playing with a round toy. It's not a critical plot point, but it does get referenced again in a real special way a little bit down the road. I bet. Like, yeah, it I felt feel like, like something. Yeah, there's not going to be anything like wasted in in this, it feels like. Yeah, at this point in Mignola's storytelling, it feels like they don't give us anything that's not going to be of use yeah. later on. Yeah. I agree. And that's cool. Thanks for pointing that out. It yeah. is a very fun moment and it does stand out. So it's like it better be something. Right. <laughs> Uh, about the board game, you guys commented about how they include some of kind of obscure characters like the monkey with a gun or iron shoes. Let me just tell you a little bit how the Kickstarter campaign went down. Cool. Cause I was not involved with it. Yeah. I came into it very late. So the Kickstarter version was always going to have more than the standard retail edition. It would have extra sets of minion miniatures and would include the conqueror worm expansion and a few Kickstarter exclusives. Yeah. If you look at the box for the Kickstarter one, it's fucking massive that's cool uh, but then the funding goal was met i think within an hour or two it's crazy <laughs> nice and then the first 12 stretch goals were unlocked within the first day over the course of the campaign more than 60 stretch goals were unlocked wow when the last one unlocked wow. there was still a little bit of time left but mantic basically said okay no more stretch goals <laughs> we can't fit any more into the box out. yeah like the box is getting too big yeah. we're gonna end up sending you a crate i guess <laughs> that's uh and i mean that's what it, i that's wild that they got it they did that of course, Mantic had already had ideas for stretch goals going into the campaign, but throughout the campaign, the comments section became a vibrant social media hub of its own, and the people were throwing out stretch goal suggestions right and left, nice. and an insane number of those became real. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So with that many stretch goals being blown through and fans suggesting characters to include, it becomes clear why they were able to include things like the monkey with a gun, Iron Shoes, and the Evil Turkey. You guys won't get to that for a while. <laughs> I don't even know what the Evil <laughs> Turkey is. Sounds ominous. Unless I forgot. Maybe it'll line up with Thanksgiving. Hey, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> they even made a mini of an Oni character that Mignola drew a sketch of, but never appeared in the comics. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. That's really crazy. Just all the things they could do. 
with the money. People love this stuff. One of my favorite moments from the campaign was when they announced that they would make a translucent mini of Johan to represent his ectoplasma. Oh, cool. And a little marker to show where his empty suit would lay. That's cool. Wow. Originally, the mini was going to be the same as the regular Johan, just made of translucent resin. But a bunch of backers, myself included, started suggesting that the mini should actually look like his human ectoplasmic form. Cool. I also brought up the suggestion that the empty suit marker should be a 3D plastic token that looks like the containment suit in a heap. Yeah, that sounds amazing. As they did so often throughout the campaign, Mantic listened and we ended up with one of my favorite elements of the game. That's so cool. And like makes it feel like the every like the fans are such a big part of the creation of it. Yeah, and fans that are actually not like dictating how things it should be created in a sense of like this is the way I want it and this is the only way it should be done. Yeah, yeah. More just suggestive like, hey, based on what we love and what we read, we're just informing you of like, this would be the cool way to do it. Yeah. I love that. It yeah. felt like rather than angry, uh, toxic fans, it seems like right. very positive, forward thinking yeah. fans. For like the, a community for yeah, sure. Community, it's really cool. Love that. And way to go, Drew. You got that in there. <laughs> now on to some movie talk. All I want to say is that I pretty much completely agree with all of your criticisms criticisms of the new movie, but I still really enjoyed it. Totally. To- yeah. People do. I'm not exactly sure why. I guess the fan service stuff worked on me to a certain extent, but like I said, I'm definitely not blind to the major flaws and the many, many bad choices. I really hope that someday someone will make an adaptation that at least tries to match the tone and mood of the comics. Yeah. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. And I think, I think we've said it before. We hope somebody comes along and maybe does the spider verse sort of thing yeah, too. Dude. I think Hellboy would deserve that the most. In like another 15 years, we might get that. Yeah. You it know? sort of has to quiet down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. As for the Guillermo del Toro movies, again, I mostly agree with your assessment of them, but again, I still enjoyed them. But I do agree about the Samaritan. It's just too obvious of a cliche to have a special gun, and it doesn't fit with Hellboy's personality at all. That's another thing that bothered me about the new movie when they made a big deal out of the gun that Broom gave him. Mm-hmm. Why do they feel the need to put such a spotlight on his gun? Weird. We yeah, agree. It's just like a fun thing to market, maybe, or like. Yeah, I get the marketing, but know? it just feels never, and the writing never feels like actually like a cool. It doesn't feel like uh, an addition that. It's strengthens not necessary. The yeah, it's yeah. very unnecessary. But it's like it's literally just you can have like a bang in the commercial. Like I swear <laughs> to God, like it's probably that simple and stupid. Yeah, they're just like. The people aren't going to know what he is. Plus, like, you know, with the success of like Deadpool and shit. Yeah. You're like, right. I feel like a lot of that movie was colored by the success of, of, Deadpool of other things and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, most action movies are known for guns. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Hellboy is a different type of action when you get it. Yeah. And it doesn't need to involve a gun. Yeah. Which I think, again, when we get that Spider Verse version. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. They have like the Del Toro version of Hellboy come in and the... the <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't even need it to be like that. Just kidding. Just kidding. But that is funny, yeah. the idea of that. I just mean what you've pointed out, Kate, yeah, is just like, like something that's that like, use of new technology and animation yeah. in such a vibrant way, I think. And I think thinking of the way that colors and like darkness is used in the comic, I think the animators that created Spider-Verse would be more than capable of bringing it to life. Totally. That tone. Yeah. And, and then their writing also proves that they could adapt it in a way that's honorable, but also adapting it 
So it works in the medium. Yeah. So like it's funny and has heart and feels like a comic. Yeah. And it's something new and it's not just like Sin City where you're just trying to slap it on the screen and recreate it. Right. You're not just like recreating exact frames. Yeah. It feels like a new thing. They need. This is a call to those creators of Spider-Verse. Look at Hellboy and consider. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. You guys made Venom. Like, isn't it? So- it's Sony, right? Like, they made yeah, Venom. Yeah, it's Sony. So, I don't know. Like, they would do, like, a darker kind of themed movie. Hell yeah. They should do it. They should. <laughs> All right. He closes out his email saying, okay, this is way too long of an email now. But the last thing I want to say is congratulations on the gifts, especially the graphite designs Hellboy figure. It was the first Hellboy figure and it still holds up in my opinion. Yeah, it's so cool that my friend Justin gave me. It's awesome. And I I just wish we could open it. Yeah. Mignola hadn't signed the package. Yeah. (laughs) It should. Yeah. All figures. I hate. I'm not a collector, so I just want them posed. It looks like a really fun figure, too. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) But. But I'll keep it that's in the package. Where it lives. Yep, that's where it lives. <laughs> he was gonna. He says, "I was gonna tell you that you can still order them directly from the Graphite Designs website at the original price, so you could get what? one." But here, let him finish. It, you get excited, but then he says, "So you could get one to open up." But I just checked, and it's no longer available. Damn. Yeah, I got really excited when I started that sentence as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna order it like, right I'm away." Ba- I was like, literally pulling up a tab. <laughs> He says, I literally ordered one a few months ago to replace my old broken, broken one. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you got in there on the wire. So good for you. Maybe we could email them and be like, if there's any lying around gathering dust. That's a good one. We should maybe, you should look that up. See if there's a contact we can reach out to. Anyway, till next time, he says, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. It's nice to hear it back. It really is. Cause I never (laughs) say it to Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Just lonely here. Uh, But continuing with Drew, we have one more email from him that has come in, which is about the troll witch, which we did a couple episodes back now. Um, He sent a really cool email. It's really short. So I just wanted to include it in here. There's something in here that we'll watch separately. I'm just going to put a little asterisk on this. He says, it's this email is called The Troll Witch. He says, hey, crappers, not much to add about The Troll Witch. It's just a perfect little story. We agree. We loved it. Yeah. He says, but I wanted to show you this animated version of it that someone made. So he has gave us a link. We'll check it out and then we'll talk about it. I just don't want to do it right now because yeah. I don't have it queued up. I'm very excited. But we will it. do it within this arc of the dead. We'll watch it and tell us tell you what I th- we think, uh, Drew. Sweet. But he says, and then he adds to that. Also, I wanted to show off my Skeleton Crew replica, that great company that does replicas of Hellboy um, items. He says, replica of the Droll Witch's Spoon. It's about a foot and a half long, made of wood, and it's incredible. I've never tested it on real trolls before, but if they ever come around, I'll be ready. Is it still wet with the blood of trolls? Holy (laughs) shit, man. That's awesome. (laughs) It's so cool. He sent us a picture of it. it's it looks rad. He's totally That's rad. really cool. I love that he owns this. It's amazing. It's great. Uh, yeah, check that um them out. <laughs> uh, Skeleton crew that does great that stuff. So much. And yeah, hopefully you get to use it on trolls soon. Yeah, bash them <laughs> in. It's amazing. A troll bloodbath. Troll bloodbath. It's pretty cool looking. I love it. If I was a collector, I'd have this. It's thing very evil. Yeah. yeah, it's very medieval. It's a it's great way to cool, put it. man. I love it. Um, it has great. Bo- I love the boxing that it came into. Yeah, which is it looks simple sturdy. but great. Just that it's made of wood, it, like that they did that. It's yeah. really cool. It's great. Their their stuff I've looked at is top notch. Oh yeah. 
Um, he says, catch you later. <laughs> we'll catch you later too, Drew. And we definitely will watch that um, video you showed and talk about it. I can't wait. In this three episode arc of the dead. I, I promise. I promise we'll get to it. Uh, but that is it for our segment of Oh Boy Email. We really do appreciate all your emails and your guys' feedback and yeah. questions for us and everything you share. It really makes this uh, podcast extra extra worth it totally so thank you you can email us and reach out to us at aw crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com but we're gonna take a quick break and when we return we're gonna get right into the first two issues of bprd the dead dead <laughs> I'm Joel Spence And I'm Deborah Tarika And we're co-hosts of this particular album is very, very important to me This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them And here they share their memories Great and not so great And emotional connections Great and also not so great And we all get to listen to it through their ears Join us for season one with guests like Ty Burrell, Nicole Byer, Betsy Sodaro, John Ross Bowie, and more Available at Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome back to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And we're jumping right into BPRD's The Dead, issues one and two. Oh, oh, oh. Written by Mike Mignola and John Arcuti, who I looked up and it turns out, so there's another connection, like he is has a creator-owned series that he made called Rumble. That James Heron, who later draws BPRD episodes or the issues, uh, draws like Rumble. He draws a that whole comic. Oh, so, cool! Yeah, so uh, man, I I really gotta talk to this guy. And try to <laughs> <laughs> let's try to get him on. Try to get him on here. Anyway, so yeah, Mike Mignola, John R. Cutie wrote um, wrote this one, illustrated by Guy Davis and colored by Dave Stewart. Lettered by Clem Robbins and edited by Scott Alley. Originally published back in BPRD, The Dead, number one through five, just as their own issues. And that was November 2004 to March 2005. That's awesome. That those came out. Yeah. And I call them issues, but they are chapters, chapter one and chapter two. But yes, yeah. You know yeah. what? You get it. <laughs> Each chapter came out in that way. And yeah, it's a. Uh, basically starts off. Do you want to talk about the covers? Yeah, right I think we bat? should talk about the covers just because. Uh, I think they're awesome. I love that they're keeping from Plague of Frogs the same style of like yeah. two images split. In that, that format. Yeah. And then you get to have really strong like color differences too. Like these really co uh, strong color contrasts of like for chapter one, you have this big blue field with like sort of aw awesome classic Hellboy tentacly kind of writhing sinewy yeah. kind of a ghostly matter that's surrounding this guy <laughs> a bprd agent by the you can tell by the patch on his arm but he's not looking so good anymore no he looks like uh it's like in beetlejuice when they like deteriorate really quickly yes that's what it looks like to be yeah when they're he's like all pruny and he also looks a little bit like the the zombie character that i believe doug jones plays if I'm correct, that played Abe Sabian in the movies in Hocus Pocus, yeah. The Lover. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks sort of like him, too. Yeah. That kind of... Completely. <laughs> like, with that, like, folded-in mouth and everything. Yeah. So, he's looking bad. but And and you can tell it's happening all in a second because he's, he's like, mid-dropping his flashlight. So, you get these... And then you also get these cool, like, yellow colors popping off. And yeah. then you have Abe below uh, with these portraits of some gentlemen who might look familiar. Yeah. From yeah. what we've seen of some strange a little gentlemen. bit of his past. Mm -hmm. 
And I love that red though over him. Yeah, it's Ooh. really cool and scary. It's like, it reminds me of a lot to? of like in Kill Bill when the alert would come on when she gets all intense and it's like yeah. Wee, wee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's some something's going down with Abe too. So yeah. It's yeah, it's a really cool cover. And just, you know, flamethrower fighting stuff. It's fucking sick. Hell yeah. Um, essentially, so we we're at this barn in North Dakota where this woman was discovered and she's clear like she has the same kind of wounds that we've seen the frogs, the frog cult inflict on people. Yeah. But then there's this other weird thing that's like a mass of what used to be a horse. We see like just the, just the horse kind of at the bottom, but it's like upside down and turned into this like grotesque altar with like candles and tentacles and everything. And the BPRD guys that are checking it out are just like, yep, this matches what we've found so far. Um, And then this strange kind of like incubating kind of thing yeah opens up cracks open oh there's also like writing all around the horse i should say too because they kind of bring that up throughout the episode uh, issue keep calling it an episode anyway so the (laughs) similar the thing that's like incubating here kind of cracks open a little slug-like creature comes out and the poor bastard who was like investigating it immediately his like eyes start bleeding and he's lifted up into the air being um just absorbed by this thing the tentacly creature that was on the cover and right away they're shooting guns at it that doesn't do shit uh christ ferguson burn it and then you get the guy ferguson the bprd member blasting it with a (laughs) with his like flamethrower um (laughs) so yeah shit's not going well it's like not even easy for the bprd to investigate the remains of these things because it's pretty volatile and whatever the frog cult's doing it's like it's bad. Yeah. I mean, they warned them that that was going to happen, but now we're really getting into it. Yeah. Oof. And then, <laughs> like, they kind of go over that when we, we cut to the BPRD in Connecticut. We see all these little, like, pins on the map, and they're kind of explaining how the frog cult's moving west. And you kind of get some fun, like, Roger silliness here, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Roger's, like, raising his hand in the panel, and it's like, Roger, you... You don't have to raise your hand. What, what is it? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. He's a child. He's still learning. <laughs> yeah, he's like figuring it out. So are we fighting those frogmen? And then just silence <laughs> for a panel. Like, um, he's really good at like delivering a joke, I think. I do. You I know agree. what I mean? Like, um, we probably like talked about like Guy Davis being able to do that. And I think, yeah. He's, yeah, and then now you have our cutie coming in. And I think he's going to show that he's an integral part of all of this. It's yeah. Very cool. And yeah, so... Then we kind of just get the him leaving, kind of discussing like, oh, yeah, Kate and Abe are on this other. They're out and about doing their thing. Liz discussing with them what's going down as far as like the spread of this. And like there's sort of like a lot of things up in the air for the BPRD right now. Like she's heard rumors about them relocating. Um, She's worried about the members of the BPRD that aren't there. Basically like. Yeah, and she's getting a little frustrated because I think she's more of a person of action. Yeah. And they're like sort of trying to figure out the language and she's sort of just getting in this like, well, that's what we're down. We're code cracking. Yeah. Rather than just, I think she just wants to take care of the the threat. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to, yeah, exactly. She wants to like go out there and do something about it. And it's like, you can't yet. Like she feels stuck a little bit, I think. 
and then oh, and they're relocating too. They're cha- they're they're changing yeah. at this point. They're talking about the the bureau, right? Or any yeah. the part where they're talking about leaving uh, Connecticut and going to the new the new um, a new headquarters. Yeah, and so they're in the middle of. There's a whole lot of like it's interesting because this then within the first couple of pages, we're realizing the bureau is going through a lot of transition right now. Yeah, along with this team is now sort of and then they're like, in the flux of it is. Abe is off doing his own thing. There's a lot of like instability that they're feeling and it's like just making them antsy. Like understandably yeah. they're like, don't know, like shit's going down with frog people. We're going to change offices. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all this stuff. And it's going like, they're going from the East coast and they're going to Colorado, right? They're yeah. looking at a huge change. It's, Especially, it's interesting that that's like in the script because story-wise, if they're moving, they're moving West. So they're moving towards them. But it's like almost like they're trying to get like bureau wise ahead of them. Yeah. Very fascinating. Yeah. Even though the threat is in the West Coast. So Liz is sort of like a representation of like, no, let's just attack it now yeah. versus like move to a physically subtextually. I guess that'll be like them in the middle, like they can get to the yeah. front of the, the frogs moving because they're in the Midwest at the point. So it's like. That, it's very, it makes sense to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So textually, it's very interesting that they're doing that. And then Liz is sort of like, no, we should do it here and just take care of it rather yeah. than let it spread. And She's just like, feel like, you know, it's the kind of thing like Hellboy would want to do. It's just like, let's go, let's go take care of this shit. Let's go take some. Yeah. Yeah. Let me he, give it right hand hook. crunching the numbers <laughs> or filling out paperwork. Um, <laughs> and then meanwhile, in Littleport, Rhode Island, <laughs> there's a library where Liz and Abe are learning a little bit more about. Um, uh, Langdon Everett Call. Yeah, who we remember from the issue where, like, Abe kind of sees a little bit maybe his origin. Yeah, and he's trying to investigate. More yeah, he's trying to figure out like who these people are. Yeah, it turns out that's that's the person that he saw in that vision, basically, and he's like a like an explorer. Basically, sounds like he's uh. You know, uh, he was like a traveling the world, essentially, like looking for kind of um, a cult kind of shit around around the whole world. Yeah. He was like old money. He could afford to do this back in the day. And then a big thing is like he was um, was sailing under this captain, an Englishman, Captain Elihu Cavendish. Cavendish. Yeah. So, what a crazy connection. Yeah. So like from back from Seed of Destruction and then we get like a little kind of flashback for Abe. He's like, yeah, I've heard that name before. Kind of. <laughs> By the way, I love when an artist will do like a like a quick flash to an issue we already know, but in their own style. Yeah, I it's very cool. The- he does that several times throughout this issue and it's like, it's neat to see him kind of like pay tribute to Mignola's style, but also like keep his own kind of a thing. Yeah, it's great. Um, and that also gives us like the readers an instant idea of like, oh, so, um, call is into the same kind of shit as, uh, Cavendish was, you know? So it's like, he wasn't just like digging up old pottery or something. He was like looking for kind of really serious, fantastical shit. Yeah. They were playing with elements that they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of unknown stuff. <laughs> and we've now noticed that like, I mean, Cavendish didn't work out for them. They got fucked mm-hmm. over. Yeah. <laughs> they were cursed in a sense. They're so it's a little family. foreboding, like a yeah. little ominous. And it's that like, they're, like figuring that out. 
I'm cursed. So that makes him like, is he going on my curse? What's going on? Yeah. Who's, yeah. (laughs) It's a, it's not like great. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he was a normal guy. (laughs) Um, Pretty boring, dude. Just sat around. Whatever. (laughs) And then he like, so he came, he settled in this part of Rhode Island where they are in Littleport. He built a very specific kind of a house that I guess kind of like alludes to the fact that maybe it was like he was following some kind of like, Mm, ritualistic kind of a thing like he like built this house very specifically and like yeah um feng shui which is feng shui yeah yeah right (laughs) he just wanted good flow um he married a woman like a young local girl uh edith howard there's a picture that the librarian gives to abe and he sort of looks at it and is like seems to be affected by it says married um and then as like abe's kind of like thinking and like holding his forehead here like it seems like he's really this is like clicking somewhere like he seems to kind of not like necessarily even recognize it but knows that in his it's significant to him yeah it's almost like knowing it's like even though he might not have registering memories yeah you get the feeling off of just guys his art and is that he's sort of it's recall that you're not sure of you're like right. this feels right but i have no memories of it yeah yeah it's, it's like it's different from deja vu back. but slightly in that realm i guess yeah yeah he's like trying to uncover it in his own brain kate continues to kind of ask the librarian like what was he doing and i love the like language of this where it's like uh according to newspapers of the time he was involved in private investigations of a scientific nature and often entertained curious foreign gentlemen towards the end he began to travel spending more and more time away from home and yeah, so he basically left and never came back. What happened to him? Who can say? And <laughs> all of us can say. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We, we are into it. We and, don't. Exactly. Yeah. And Abe's like, and his wife, and she she kind of wasn't well to begin with. And then she tossed herself into the sea after like a few, uh, after not so long. After a month, she hurled herself into the sea. Fucking went mad. Yeah. Whoa. Mr. Husband. Um, some, another connection to the sea also like leapt yeah. into the sea. Um, it's very fascinating yeah. that you're painting, you're not painting Cole as a good guy. It's not. Working, yeah. He's, he, he's obsessive and yeah. neglectful. And it's like, to, to hear that, like, cause at this point, Abe, we know him as like a very loyal dude. Mm-hmm. He's been there for people, you know, especially with Liz has stood his ground. He has he's shown bravery. Yeah. And now he's getting told that he wasn't so much what he yeah. what he knows is his core self is currently. Yeah, he seems like a like Call seems just like a person who Yeah, that was his obsession. Like it was like I mean, he made time to like have a house and marry and everything, but it seems like he was still continuing to be involved in this like secret society like finding unearthing these ancient secrets and shit like that mm-hmm. like yeah. And yeah, so it's it's going to be like interesting to see how that continues to play out as far as like what does how does that influence Abe and like how does that inform his character knowing his own origin? Yeah. And yeah, so there she's like the house is still there. You can go check it out. He hangs on to the picture of the wife, Edith. Kate's like maybe we should go get something to eat. He's like mm, see you later and goes to 
go to presumably to the house by himself. And then it cuts to some security footage where we see it's pretty cool. It's like, yeah, this, this corner is one of the greatest, I think moments of an introduction. Yes. Continue. It's really neat. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, military security footage or like a uh, kind of just footage of these autopsies happening. Everybody's really fucked up. The remains. Of- I mean, yeah, there's just body bags. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and then while this, uh, while this guy's talking, uh, while this like coroner's talking, one of the body bags sits up behind him, is cut open with like a military issued knife, like this huge knife, and <laughs> uh, a character who we know are uh, you know at this point it's like known, but uh, you wouldn't know it if this is your reading for the comic for the first time. But it's a uh, daimyo pops out. What the fuck is going on here? Four eyes, like <laughs> yeah, I love it. it. Open. We've met him and we know of him because we've seen the movies and we've been teased yeah. like this character and we get it. But if you were a first time reader when this originally came out, what yeah. a fucking amazing it's like what Who introduction! Is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like clearly a badass. Face is all ripped open, and for whatever reason, he's still alive. Yeah. Um, Liz gives an. Okay, uh, I don't get it, Tom. What's this all about? Like, he's like, he's just, <laughs> he's, she's like trying to connect it to what they're all working on. Yeah. Was he an early victim of the, the frogs? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll talk about that later. And then basically talks about their relocation for a little while. Yeah. With the spread of all of these guys moving west. And it's been like hard. They have no money to move and everything like that. Sounds um, like a government. That's yeah. Very typical. And then he continues to talk, uh, really kind of introduce and give the rundown of uh, Ben Daimio, former Marine Captain Green Beret and all this stuff. And he was like working special ops. And he suggested this place in Colorado. Budgetarily, it's perfect. And that's what we're going to do. And all P.S. He's joining the task force as a new field team commander. And Liz is pissed because, you know, we don't know this guy. She calls him... uh, uh, bring in Captain Zombie. He's not a zombie, Liz. He had an accident. An accident? They don't put you in a body bag if you have an accident, Tom. He was dead. I like. love this dialogue. And then as she's saying that, Daimyo appears in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, but only for three days. Like, it's really, he's such a badass. Like, he's healed. He looks better, but not great. I know? fucking love it. I love yeah. that. Like, yes, he is healed, but his wound is. It's still, I love the redness of his wound. Yeah. And how he has no fucking ear and it leads right down his cheek and then the lines that are like going down his chin. Yeah, it's I badass. fucking love it. The exposed teeth, like, <laughs> and everything like that. It's really neat. Oh. Um, yeah, so he kind of, like, comes right in and is pretty direct. He's, like, meeting Liz right at the level that she's kind of taught. Like, he's not, like, shying away from her and he's not, but he's also not, like, cushioning things like yeah. he's like captain zombie that's pretty funny you're the burn lady right like meeting you know? her on her ground yeah, like if you're right. gonna call me that i got a name for you yeah <laughs> like, yeah but why don't you call me liz sherman and so he does that like he's like obliging i think he's like trying to you know not super rock the boat like he's got his way of doing shit he's yeah. like a career military man and that's basically why he's brought onto the bprd but he's still like you guys have a system and we're gonna stick to that totally and then this great hilarious interaction with you know he's like meeting everybody like oh you're johan kraus and you're roger roger gives him a high and he goes 
Now, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is what? <laughs> what do you mean, what is what? That. And he points to Roger's crotch, which, of course, is like a plank of wood with a metal ring attached. Yeah, it looks like a knocker. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a door knocker. Exactly. And he's so he's trying to figure that out. He's like, OK, uh. I know I said I wasn't going to shake things up, but we're going to have to get some pants on this one. Like, so <laughs> funny. That's very funny to introduce this character who's, like, been dead. At yeah. least of what we know about it. And, like, sort of, like you said, military. And then he's, like, sort of a prude about Roger not having any pants. He just doesn't know. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? That's we're going to have so to put goofy. some pants. This is distracting to me. <laughs> a man with his te- his molars exposed is going to be like, I can't d- really deal with that on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> it's so funny because yeah. everybody else has like never questioned it. His little butt's out and he's got like a door knocker where his <laughs> <laughs> cock where should be. Should go. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so very fun. Like, um, not a, not a, not necessarily a super easy introduction, but a pretty good one considering yeah. all of the stuff that's up in the air. Liz is still suspicious of him, but we're, we got to get to know him basically. And then it cuts to a little field of mushrooms with these scuttling little bugs. Ugh. Yeah. 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 So we got ourselves a German who's feeding the mushrooms, something walking around. And then we see the entire room is just completely covered in fungus. Ugh. And we don't and trust we're... fungus at this point because Mm-mm. that's what the, uh, a uh, so do him was. He started yeah. as like a little bit He's of a little fungusy fungus. guy. So it's like, yeah, and if especially if they're eating what appears to be meat, or he's like feeding the mushrooms <laughs> yeah. meat. It, it's pretty eerie and weird. So yeah, Love right it. away you're like, like, you're like mm, this guy might not be the nicest man. Then it's cutting to the Air Force base. They're relocating right now. <laughs> Which is very cool. I think it just pushes the story. Like, there's so much on the playing field. Yeah. And they're balancing it a lot, but it is, it's cool to... We just left Plague of Frogs, which was, like, very kinetic, right? Yeah. But this is, like, using ex, exposition, exposition in a very yeah. good way. Like, it's very skillfully, like, informing us a lot of information. Yeah. But it's keeping it active and driving it forward. Yeah. And also it's making like, our characters in on, on balance. Yeah. They're not in a place of like you've mentioned a little bit before, but like in a place of like security. Like before Mm-mm. when they go on a mission, like, wait, we have the bureau. It will we got back backup. us up. Yeah. This is like, wait, I'm not even used to this new place we're going yeah. and we're in the middle of a fucking plague attack of frogs. Yeah. And it's like killing BPRD members. It's killing like Canadians who are working with us and all of the shit. So it's like, yeah, stuff is very up in the air. And for the readers, too, to inject these little, like, one panel, like, or one page kind of, like, the mushrooms and the the security footage, like, kind of switching it up to make it so that it's not just a bunch of dry, not that the, not that the exposition of all the introduction of these new characters is dry. I think they're doing it very well, like, but it really could deftly. Be. It could be, yeah. It's, it's all big chunks of information they're getting to you, but while still keeping you, like, intrigued about what's going on like some shit's brewing and it's like okay we're yeah i still want to read i want to check all this out plus their interactions seem so real the dialogue is really great in this issue it feels very real for like liz and like these feel like people that you do know yeah um and liz is bringing up like legit things she's like we don't really know this guy we're going to a place that he suggested 
Like, I think that she's not unwarranted in being a little suspicious of Daimyo because she doesn't know him yet. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, like, shit is unruly right now. I agree. And they've had, they've had questions in the past about that way their beer, their own bureau works. Right. Manning with Roger and so forth. So it's like she, as you said, is Yeah, the bureau's fully, decision making isn't perfect. Yes. She is justified in her, in her um, suspicion at this I point. I think so. And meanwhile, Roger's like, look, like wings on a plane. Pretty funny. Huh? Like, I love that. And then Daimyo greets him like, come on, let's move it. Hey, Roger, what happened to, what happened to those pants I gave you? <laughs> Just like bringing it back. Already. God. Like, come on, man. And then while they're on the helicopter to go to the facility, they Liz and Daimyo kind of get to talk a little bit more. Not like one-on-one -on -one necessarily, but like they get to just have a discussion where it's like, he kind of understands her wariness. Yeah. And he sort of explains more like what the facility is like back in the, after the second world war, there was this, like it was like big business to kind of be developing more like technology and weaponry and all this mm -hmm. shit. So like, that's basically what this building was. And then just financially other places could, do the same job elsewhere for cheaper. So this facility was basically abandoned and that's why we're going there and it's remote and all that good shit. And Liz is kind of still like giving him a little bit of a hard time. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't even like really, I'm, I'm using an improv term for this. Yeah. She doesn't really yes. And that information and sort of add, she immediately just sort of cuts the, of like ignores that information and goes straight to like, but you still haven't told me about you. Yeah. Like yeah. what happened to you on it's that like, mission? It's like, what's your fucking deal? Why'd you, why were you dead? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, like, it's and he It's a touchy subject no matter what. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it, clearly whatever happened to me fucked me up yeah. and killed me for a few days. Get to know me and I'll tell you about it. Yeah. Don't just fucking jump at it. And then, and but he, she's jumping on him and then he does, you can just call me Ben. Yeah. Where, like, which is like repeating what she said earlier. You can call me Liz. So he's kind of coming back at her like, I gave you this level of respect. So I feel like this it's, it should be reciprocated. And she's, she's still like kind of has her hackles up, but she like notes that kind of, she's like, okay, like she's still like not a hundred percent sure, but she's like, can, I, I feel like this expression, this panel says so much those, well, those two panels of him saying that to her in response to her being not like aggressive, but being like, what's your fucking deal. And he's like, you can call me Ben. Like we're, we're on this team here. I'm on this team basically. Yeah. And she's like, okay, maybe he's legit, but we still don't know. Yeah. So I it's thought great that was, dialogue. this is great interaction. Like Ugh. it's so cool. Great character development in mm -hmm. just a small couple of pages. And this, it's solid. Yeah. Love it. Then we kind of are approaching it. This is like a Jurassic park that like, that's what it's it reminded a great me way of. Like, it, yeah. Like, wow, check that out. And, and then pull. we see the facility here. <laughs> It's like this big, impressive looking, you know, on the face of a sheer mountain. Like I love it. I think yeah. the design of it's so cool. Yeah. And it looks old. It's like, it doesn't look modern. It looks, I like the design of it looking yeah. like out of an old era. Yeah. Very it's cool. really cool. Uh, yeah. Welcome to your new home. It's like not exactly homey, but, but there it is. Are. <laughs> and then meanwhile, back in Rhode Island. And what a cool cue because he's saying welcome to their new home and where's he and where's Abe Abe's walking approaching an home. old home. Yeah. Oh fucking it's just like I know it's simple, but it's just like good it's writing. Good. Oh. It's so good. And because the last panel is silent. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. Oh. He's just looking up, there's like 
and it's again like dark clouds there's like a storm off in the in the distance a little bit but it's like approaching a house right off the coast mm-hmm. right next to the ocean and Ooh. that's the end of chapter like what a cool ending <sighs> what a cool ending can't you wait just, to see yeah Let's just keep going. Yeah, let's we'll talk it. about them in chapter general two. at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, and yeah, and of course, chapter two comes right back to that house in Littleport, Call's house. Can we talk about that cover real quick, though? Yeah, the second oh, yeah, cover? yeah, yeah. So creepy, the cover. I mean, again, we're keeping that awesome split of the two images. Yeah. This time it's reversing it. So it's like, it's queuing you into like, we're going to, we're going to start where we left off, which was yeah. with Abe. I love that. That way, I love. I just like it's like a good title sequence. Sometimes someone could be overdone, like in a movie where a, t- a good title sequence can sort of re- get you ready for a tone, yeah, of the movie, and it yeah. sets you up. You know what I mean? This their covers seem to be doing that, like it gets you ready for the read, yeah. Versus feeling just like there's tendencies, like especially like when I read Marvel and stuff. Some of the covers are like cool, but they, I'm like, this cover, this cover had fucking nothing to do with this issue. Right, right. <laughs> it it just looks s- cool, but it had like fuck all to do with it. Yeah. Like- and it sort of is always disappointing. Yeah. Whereas these tend to just gear you up and yeah. they're like part of the story in a sense. And I love that. And I love this one where he's with, it's Abe and Edith sort of like having a romantic or embrace or yeah. soothing but behind is this fucking giant like enveloping gr- them you know it's yeah, like shadow all around demon or whatever it's ah. so creepy and then the other split is just Liz still being suspicious of over yeah. and I love how it's just you don't see Ben's eyes it's just his scar yeah oh. yeah and that color, and the, the foreground color like super close and you're like yeah it's a little it's a little scary but she's being a little judgmental of a person yeah. who she doesn't like you know it's like the kind of thing that they've all been subject to. Yeah. And she's like, on the flip now. Yeah, yeah. You're right about that. That I didn't really point that out when I read it the first time. He's, he appears monstrous, but it's going to turn out that he's like on their side. Yeah. I mean, she's treating him like a monster and it's like, yeah. Hey, Liz, it's like, come on. I gave you this level of respect. You gotta, you gotta give it back. I love that. It's a very cool cover. I love it. It's so good. Take us in. We're yeah. back to Rhode Island, as you so, said. Yeah. Abe's like walking in. He just like walks right up to the front door and ca- comes in as he's like kind of hearing in his head. I would imagine like Langdon Everett call whatever became of him. He was involved in private investigations of a scientific nature. So like kind of recalling the conversation that he and Kate had with the librarian and then panels uh, reminding us of what Abe saw the like the like um vision that Abe saw mm-hmm. of his origin of this uh explorer walking on the seafloor. Um, again, I like that's an original art. It's mm-hmm. different like angles and perspective right. versus just slapping like slapping covering the yeah, yeah like re like lifting. I yeah. hate when that when I can tell something's been just lifted and yeah. This is oh I like love it, it doesn't feel lazy at all. It's like, oh yeah, this is where we were entertaining curious uh curious foreign gentlemen and then Abe's sort of walking around it's like a really decrepit house. Things well, I are also in total love, disrepair. As your those details too, when it does the flashback to Cole and the the men conjuring yeah. up that that item, it, the color of the of that that cocoon matches his eyes. Oh, yeah, very yeah. cool. Just everything connecting it. Yeah, it's great. Like, and again, yeah, this is just like another like dynamite touch by Dave Stewart of yeah. just incorporating everything, making it all come together, like the composition of the page is meant to do that too. But like the color really like solidifies it and makes it pop and makes you notice it really fast. 
And yeah, he never returned. What became of him? Who can say? And (laughs) Abe walks into a room that looks very much like, I mean, not, not the room where they work, but it seems to be like a desk that maybe looks familiar. He's like touching this column as he walks in, like hesitating and looking around. It's like, there's still a bit of mystery to it, but it seems like almost like he's remembering like the expression of his face is kind of making me feel that way. Yeah. And I find it very fascinating, those curtains. Cause it's almost, I know they're like for a window and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see that, but they're almost also reminiscent of like a play. Yeah. Like there's such heavy curtains. It's almost like this is about to begin. You know what I mean? Those curtains are going to, yeah. there's something, oh, I don't know awesome. if that's what they went for, but it's like, that's what I get a little bit rereading and looking it's like at shrouded. It. Everything's like mysterious still. Yeah. It's really cool. I, I agree. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, Meanwhile, back in the BPRD field office, Colorado, um, <laughs> and they're kind of like setting up shop, the BPRD. There are all these like old machines that they might try to look into. But so far, it's just like they're huge. We're just going to keep them here for that reason. Yeah, they're like old computers. They're using old original those huge computers. They're like just adding machines, but they're the size of a room. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so that shit's cool. Uh, they're it. like, yeah, well, we'll check out the these machines. It's like, you guys are checking that shit out, but you can't make the elevator work. Like, Daimyo's like, you fucking geeks. Useless. Useless geeks. <laughs> like, you can tell he's, like, probably a man of action and less a person who's, More like, like Liz than, he, yeah. than they re- Liz yeah. realizes. Yeah. And then he sees them walk in. They have, like, BPRD uniforms, basically. He's like, great, you guys look like a team, which is, like, of course, that's something that, like, a Green Beret would want them to really have established, like, this feeling of, like, we're... A We're a unit. Yeah. yeah. And they're um, cool designs. I like the new, like the gray. Yeah. I think it's very cool. And Liz even says it too. She's like, yeah, I, I've seen worse. Glad <laughs> we agree on something sort of like they're So they're kind of like still have a little bit of, um, not even like antagonistic, but like they're, they're working, they're bantering. They're like having fun. And then, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Roger. Roger goes in. Hi, I have pants on. And then <laughs> Daniel takes one look at the, like, his like bulge of his like door knocker that's even worse let's forget about the pants so so funny let's forget about the pants okay like (laughs) roger's like fine the fact that arcudi has found such good humor in the with roger is awesome because i bet fans too were just like what's up with that (laughs) it's like a fun way to be like like Daimyo's like straight manning for the readers he's like what's that tell me what that is and they're in character having to acknowledge it. And it's like, it's good. It's just good writing to be like, yeah, well, you're saying the thoughts of the readers. Basically. Yes. And I think that's what a sign of a good writer from the outside. When you bring in a good writer where it's like, I'm not going to like shit on anything that's come before. Right. But I will take the opportunity to call it out. Yeah. Acknowledge some acknowledge things. Some things that we just little sort of like. Let it go. Let it go. And yeah. I love that. <laughs> so funny. And then Liz is kind of like defending Roger and, you know, Daimyo kind of gives the whole thing of like, isn't he not a guy? He's a homunculus sort of a thing. (laughs) And she's saying, you know, he's more human than, you know, he's more human than anybody I know. And he comes over with the pants. What should I do with these? I'll take care of him, kid. So like, but Daimyo's like, he says that it kind of, they kind of get it out of the way where it's like, he's saying he, that guy's not human. Yes, he is fucking human. And then as soon as Roger comes up to Daimyo, he instantly has, he calls him kid. Like he sort of has like a nickname for him almost. Yeah. Like, so you can see like, well, maybe he's even like in that brief moment, even though it's, it, it he's 
he's he's called out in a, an aggressive way. Yeah, I think it maybe is a small sign that Ben is open to willing to talk about it. Totally, or he's hearing her. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's like, she's like, no, he's a human. He might not be able to like, he, you know what I mean? Because we we have all tendencies like where you do something wrong and you need to get called out and you're like, yeah. well, I have to admit I did it. And yeah, I think yeah. he doesn't really go, okay, I'm wrong. But he does go like, it's like all right, <laughs> okay, just I'll agree. It. You're right. Yeah. I crossed the line. He's a kid. I'll call yeah. him a kid. And it's yeah, like his right. way of going like, I'll treat him like a human. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm just inferring a little totally, bit. Totally. So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, I think he, he is listening, but he's like a little begrudging where it's like, all right, fine. This is all weird and new for me. Like, you know, he's dealing with it in his like Marine way. And Liz is in a, in a sense with already, he's being told that by a subordinate. Yeah. Somebody that is supposed to take you know what orders, I mean? yeah. orders from him. And she came on real hard. Yeah. <laughs> they are all are like, they're like just clashing a little bit, but they're like sort yeah. of getting used to this. Like Liz turns to Roger like, I cannot believe that guy. And Roger goes, still, I, I like him. <laughs> Roger's so humanity. Fine. Yeah. He's just like, so cute. he's good. <laughs> And then uh, as there, as Liz is still kind of like incredulous about that interaction, she looks over at Johan, who's doing his like ectoplasm thing up to the computer sort of examining and then makes a quick exit. Like you have to, you will excuse me, Elizabeth. Like he doesn't even respond to her really. Yeah. He's like really, something really got him. Yeah. Yeah. Something he sensed something and Liz took note and then it cuts to kind of this, uh, underground area where we have like these eyeless fish that are right nearby the tapping. Yeah. Like it's really eerie. Uh, more of the fungus everywhere, like all of these mushrooms everywhere. As somebody's just tapping away, tapping, tapping, you're not really sure what's going on. Um, it looks like familiar, sort of like. Uh, machinery that we yeah. saw and shrooms. in the other room. Yeah, and the mushrooms are everywhere. So it's like another kind of look into a cut to of what's going on with this weird mushroom guy that we saw earlier. And then meanwhile, back in Rhode Island, Abe's sitting at the desk looking at Edith's picture and then he turns, he like seems to sense something, turns to see this mysterious looking figure calling to Langdon, calling to Abe as though his name is Langdon. Um, Madam, I don't know you, Langdon. And she reaches out with this like claw. But as Abe sort of sees, as we see, like Abe perceives the whole thing. She, it's like a young woman's hand rather yeah. than this like drowned claw. <laughs> um, yeah. So this bony. I'm I'm gonna love everything that is going forward. This it's so cool. The the, the storyline of Abe right here and this. The use of both going back and forth and reminding us mm-hmm. is so well done. Yeah, it's really eerie. Like, and just the idea of like you perceiving something as fine and it being like really fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Hellboy's been deceived like that a couple times. Like they've had, um, I forget what issue it was, but where he like goes underground and sees everything as like beautiful, but it's actually grotesque and fucked up. Like there's like an arm holding a candle i forget what issue it was that we were that this happened but it ended up where it was like you walk through and everything looks fine and dandy and then as soon as he like snaps out of whatever like charm he was under everything's fucked up and gross Uh. so that's sort of like what's going on here yeah um uh and then we see like while the storm is raging outside inside all of a sudden this decrepit falling apart house is like this beautiful library that's well lit. It's like warmly lit. 
and Mm -hmm. Edith looks young and beautiful. And he's like, I don't know. Like he's trying to like remember, recognize what's going on. He's like, where? And then we see him kind of like start to glance. Like his peripheral vision is looking at this like shrouded thing. Yeah. We, it's, it's very much an Easter egg. Cause you're not really even supposed to notice it yet. Yeah. Although it appears in the middle of the panel between Abe and Edith, yeah. which I think is such a nice way to plant it as like, this is here, but only subconsciously do you yeah. notice it as a reader. I agree. He asks like, where are the windows and doors? And she's like trying to comfort him. I like her uh, why. Like there's yeah. no reason to leave. Yeah. Within that one little, her, her answer is why? Why? Yeah, there's why? No, why would you want to look you out or the leave? the world? Has it been so kind to you? And then all of these flashbacks of every time it hasn't been. Every time Abe's gone through something horrible <laughs> and been hurt like in the BPR, in the field of, uh, with the BPRD. I'm getting shot by a fucking monkey. Yeah, getting shot by a monkey. <laughs> um, you know, falling while his teammate gets gored on a fucking spike. Uh, you know, all of this stuff. Getting stabbed yeah. by the cult leader. Um, and she's like, everything time, here is good. Yeah, it's been tough. He probably is tired of that shit. And she is like tempting him with like, your books, your cigars, everything, peace, me. But like this kind of back and forth panel where we see it's like, She's almost this like, uh, she's like beyond human a little bit. She's ghastly and like clearly, well, I, I don't know if it's like a thousand percent clear that she is just Edith yet. Like she uh-huh. looks very ominous. So you're not really sure. Clearly she looks like something like some drowned creature. She, yeah. It's almost like a sireny kind of thing where she- I would agree. Looks beautiful to Abe, but is this like monstrous thing? Yeah, and this three page like is so good when it's like, and it mm-hmm. gets getting closer. Peace, me, I am here, and it's mm-hmm. just those grotesque teeth just enveloping Ugh. him like really that stretch that like watered skin. Yeah, it's like bloated and stretched. Ugh. Yeah, it's bad news. <sighs> um, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and cuts back to Liz waking up. She she's kind of freaked out and not, not really used to sleeping in this new place yet. She hears some mumbling, follows that, finds Johan speaking German to the machines, <laughs> basically. She's yeah. like, what's going on? He gives a, can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? And he runs off. Liz follows him, but he's like gone, basically. Like, Johan books it. Yeah. And then now we're like cutting back and forth. We see like, oh, this is these are going to intersect soon. Of the mushroom guy tapping away at something and whatever's going on up in the up in these levels of the Colorado facility. She wakes up Roger. She's like, come on, he heard something and Roger hears it, too. They go find Johan entering the elevator, which we all thought that the elevators were all broken. Mm-hmm. But Johan seems to know exactly the numbers to get in. He's like taps right away and it goes boop boop and opens. <laughs> yeah. um, they run in after him, like just in the nick of time as the elevator doors close. Uh, Johan doesn't seem to be responding. He's just like focused or like, yeah, he's lost know, in this task. He's lost. And he like runs out as soon as the doors open, they run out after him in this like weird, dark area of the facility and try to catch up with him. Johan starts banging on this part of the building for some reason. They don't know why he's like going to rip his helmet off, but they like jam it back on him. <laughs> and then he seems to be like snap out of it. It looks around at them and goes, Oh, hello. And then falls. And uh, then, yeah, the next like few panels are them explaining to Daimyo, like 
we went to this sub part of the sub basement that's not on the you know blueprints or whatever um it was really messed up he's like hey man we're here to fight frogs you got to remember that shit they're doing bad stuff and it kind of kind of shows you them spreading throughout the country and yeah good illustration of like the threat yeah that he's presenting yeah it's I like rem- it. stay focused like we can't go exploring this facility right now we're here to do a job so snap back into it liz kind of comes back at him like how can we do that when you know when our when our ghost is freaking out (laughs) (laughs) we got a faulty ghost okay he kind of like and he's like sort of saying like listen i i know you're not afraid of a lot why why are you afraid to do this he's like you know what all right get the damn drill so daimyo agrees they're gonna bust open that part of the facility and they do the arab quality is really bad so roger and abe go or excuse me, Roger and uh, Johan go to check it out. We see a corpse covered in mushrooms. Very bad shit. Um, we establish that Roger doesn't carry a gun. Can, it comes oh, up later. Yeah. Um, Can I call something out? Yeah, yeah. What I think is very fascinating. Yeah. And I think I just caught it. And it will play more into what's going to happen in the future. But I think this is just a fun thing where you just have to pay attention to the way... That sometimes the writer is actually cueing you in. Yeah. And it's like clear that like what's actually being told. And then, you know, it becomes revealed like, oh, this is what it really is. Yeah. But it's like the writer all along was like, no, 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 it was there. Because mm-hmm. we, who we were about to meet becomes a bit a threat, right? Yeah. But right here, you think that like they they show that body with the shrooms. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue is, is that the guy where we're here? And he says, what? like, and it's like, that is, those are the victims. Yeah. I, I might have been wrong about what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. I think, I think it's like him cueing in, like, that's why we're here is that is actually what went wrong, not who we're who's yeah, actually yeah. buried in here. Yeah, they're definitely like planted in here as little seeds that are going to pay off in the final Love issue. That. Like, for sure. It does end up kind of being why they're here because it's what, it's who kind of, I mean, we'll get to it, but like whoever's kind of helping. Johan figure this out or like lead him towards this like yeah that is why we're here a little bit so yeah and then we see cowering this scientist with his typewriter which is apparently what he's been tapping away at because he's got pages and pages of something (laughs) I love this interaction too like draw your side on Roger I don't have one Anyway, I don't think we need that. And then it's just that. Yeah, it's just creepy little guy. Creepy little guy. His big glasses. Cool cliffhanger of just introducing a random character. I love it. So good. Little underground scientist boy. You're like, what the fuck? How are you in here? This place is old. Yeah, what are you? How you look? How are you alive? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How are you been surviving in here? And they don't see the sort of the signs that we've seen yet too Mm-mm. of him feeding feeding meat to a mushroom. Meat. Yeah, yeah. It's like hello. Yeah, bad stuff. Bad stuff. Um, <laughs> great. Any final thoughts? Um, and favorite panels. Favorite I love dialogue? it. I mean, something that really could have been potentially like a very dry thing. Like they handled really well. It's like we're gonna move offices. We're gonna introduce a character and. We're going to have everybody, not everybody separated, but like our big, one of our main characters is going to be separated from them the whole story. So it's like 
a lot of things to balance. And I think that it's handled so well and clearly like there's not really any confusion. Yeah. It's just straightforward, great storytelling. That's also that also is realistic and accomplishes like feeling like real people talking. It's so cool. I agree. I think it's (laughs) just solid. (laughs) It really does. It does. It's one of the greatest just from what we're building on, I'm like, this is one of the greatest comics of all time. It's so good. And it's all this supernatural science stuff that, and like, they just are balancing everything so well. Yeah, and the characters lot. are, and it's fun because you have all these like elements that I think are very like shiny objects and we could get, get caught up in them. Yeah. But they keep making it about character. And I love that. Yeah. The character development and the relationships are so important. Yeah. All the totally. exploration of Abe saving is amazing. Those are like the main, I mean, there's like basically like four storylines that they're balancing here. Like you have like Abe off on his own, Liz and Daimyo's interactions, uh, Johan following this like tapping. And then meanwhile, there's frogs, like frogs are spreading. It's like, there's a lot of shit to balance here and they just do it really deftly. And it comes off as like, you just can't wait to see the next thing. Even though there's like no big explosion yet or any really, really crazy shit. It's all just like creepy kind of insidious kind of shit is happening. Yeah. It's it's, like, how is this going to blow up? It feels so concise. Yeah. Cause they're not like when they go back and forth, they're usually doing it into like four or less pages, Mm -hmm. but getting so much use and being concise out of those pages. Yeah. I I also just love how like Guy Davis draws uh, Johan with his like squiggly little fingers. <laughs> yeah. Like he looks like a rubber. He really looks like a rubbery little guy. Yeah. He's like very distinct from all the other characters. It's very fun. And his suit is like shaped in a funny way, I think, because it looks yeah. like, oh, he's filling it up. Yeah. And it looks like he's it a ha- little bit of a balloon. Like, yeah. He's kind of a, it's very funny. <laughs> I love it. Do you have any favorite panels? Um, I'm going to say, I want to go back to the very first of the first issue. I mean, yeah. just for my favorite panels in that first issue is the, I don't necessarily have one panel. I have more of like the panel before of the, the last panel we see with the, just the random BPRD agents that get fucked up. And I want to illustrate what I like, why I love this and this build to this. I think in reading Mignola and Hellboy, which I love and and endear, People associate it with like horror, but I, I give it more like Lovecraftian feel. And like, because yeah. when I read the pages, I never get like, I never feel scared. I feel like I'm watching these characters deal with scary or threatening situations or like strange and honest things that are like Cthulhu-esque and like, oh, this is fucking weird. And, yeah. but I think Guy Davis and maybe now Arcudi have, and, and Mignola is capable of this, but I think he lives more in the realm of Cthulhu and, the things that drive you mad. Yeah. But this, I'm finally think that I think this fucking book is scary. Yeah. The guy feeding the mushrooms page is like (laughs) fucked up in like that throne in this fucking bar. I'm like, I'm nasty. I'm as a reader. I'm now like, Oh, you said you saw midsummer, right? Yeah. I'm getting midsummer vibes from the throne uh, made out of the horse. Yeah. Not to like spoil anything. But the, yeah, the, totally. I think that's very different. I, in insofar as the gore, yes, as there's the gore, no like di- there's no like direct identical. comparison in the movie. For so sure, don't be mad at me. I didn't. Yeah, spoil you're not anything. spoiling anything. Okay, good. But I'm starting to get like actually like where I'm scared as well. Along as a reader, yeah, and uncomfortable like a horror movie would do to you. And that that like I think they're actually 
more so than Mignola's Hellboy run, I think they're actually infusing horror into it. Yes. I mean, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's they're accomplishing it so well. Yeah, and, like with this, with and, Edith's um, ghost oh. or whatever it is, like we don't really know at this point. I mean, we'll find out by the end, but for mm-hmm. me, I was never really sure like, I was like, what is, what exactly is happening here? Um, clearly, yeah, clearly it's fuck. taking the form of Edith, but I, I was almost like, this thing is so, it's like beyond human. It's really creepy. I would agree. And it's scary as hell. These like creepy, sharp fingers and yeah. Oh, it's. it's and does you feel bad for Abe? Like she does really, she reminds us, the reader and Abe, the world was bad to you. You've never really had it easy. Yeah. And then she's tempting him into this thing that's like, stay with me. And like, it, it's good here. But like, even that's false. You know, it's yeah. like, wow, Abe, poor Abe. Poor Abe's gonna gonna not going to be easy anytime soon. Yeah. I agree. And I think when we get to this section, when we've been covering Guy Davis, I have a hard time picking a favorite. Because I don't think he, like Mignola, who who tends to every, every I would agree that his every panel is perfect in Mignola, but he tends to do grander things like splashes, right? So it can usually be like, oh, I love that splash page. I, yeah. I can put it at the top because it's just amazing. Guy doesn't use splash pages. No, no. So it's hard for me to like centralize because I think he's just easily just creating such a flow with every panel that I'm like, it's all good. I don't, I can't, I can't central and like, narrow it down a focus on like well this particular panel yeah. stands out because i think he's Flo not is really allowing the, name of the it. game it's like such a harmony in this it's like the dialogue and the imagery is like just works really well together to get you like you want to finish it so much you really and whether do. he's got a page where he's got a big fat chunk of dialogue that he has to put in or whether it's like abe walking around a house and says one says edith and that's it like you're into it. You're into mm-hmm. it. Both are equally compelling to look at. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to Guy Davis and then Arcudi coming in and going like, and knowing how to utilize his artist. Mm-hmm. And, and then Dave Stewart just is the, 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 the large cherry on top. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause it's just like your coloring is unreal and yeah, believable so and enhances everything you touch. Gives everything a very cold feeling like in the facility, it feels cold. And there's like green tints to stuff that makes you kind of like uneasy and like a strangeness around the whole thing. It's really yeah. cool. And I have to give it to Guy Davis because if you look at the two panels when they flash back to yeah. Abe and you look at, so if you look at the three, the one that's from Plague of Frogs is in his style. Mm-hmm. Specifically, it matches with everything. The two prior, which are Mignola's, are slightly, you look at, it's Guy Davis almost imitating Mignola. It's like the, the, yeah. like there's less lines. Yeah. And I think that's another He's like paying homage to it and then, but still doing it in his own style. I also like that Hellboy isn't looking at the reader in that panel. Like it feels very dreamlike. It yeah. feels like a, me- it feels like she's making him recall these memories. Like they're a little different. They're not exact. You yeah. were talking about Tennessee Williams saying like, this is all from memory. So oh, yeah. everything's and not glass perfect. Menagerie at the yeah. Beginning. yeah. So like, that's what that, that's what those flashbacks feel like where it's like Abe's recall of it. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, 
It's I, I feel bad when we get to the segment with Guy Davis because I never consensual because I'm just like, I how can you how can you not say it's all great? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean the dialogue, I think all the dialogue between with Johan in this one is my favorite. I think the humor that he's placing in here is absolutely that's my favorite for it. With uh, with Johan or, or with Oh not Johan, sorry, with Roger. Oh my yeah, apologies. yeah, yeah. I think all of it's good. I think our cutie is really has made these characters clear Mm -hmm. um and he's come in of course with them already built but he's really exploiting it and making it great they're really like really establishing roger as like kind of a sweet doofus like before (laughs) he was a little more like not like not that he was like more mysterious he was like he's just becoming more human he's like becoming sweeter kind of yeah it's really cool i'm with you i love that and i mean i mean come on can we ask for even a better introduction to a character with daimyo yeah that's such a fucking killer it's another thing i love keeping this enshrouding it in mystery yeah but we're like well he was dead and then fuck we saw him yeah you like respect him right away for his toughness but he's also like a diplomatic sort of a character on on a level like he's willing to like work with a team he's like clearly probably like worked with other not like difficult team members like liz isn't being difficult she's just being understandably wary of yeah So she's like, he's like kind of coming in like, yeah, I almost like expecting them to, to treat him like that in a certain way, but being like, listen, I'm gonna, I'm here for this team and we're going to work together. Yeah. And it's fun because you should be as a reader immediately on Liz's side, but it's fun how you can be like, yeah, she's justified, but also like, calm down. She is giving him a hard time. (laughs) I mean, it's like, she's just being defensive. She doesn't, a lot of people that she loves and cares for have left. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to fuck up the remainder of what I've got. Like everything, all these other people left, they're coming back. Like she's very insistent that they're coming back, but really she doesn't know. No. And so for this like new person to come in and be like, I'm in charge. I think it's like very warranted for her to have kind of that reaction and be like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And he has to be like, this is who the fuck I am. Like he has to, you know. Meet, and I've never even her. thought of it like from a, a, I mean, you can speak to this better, of course, but from a woman's point of view, sort of being the senior. Yeah. <laughs> Abe is the only one that's maybe a little more senior than her, but it's like, he's gone. Hellboy's gone. She's the senior. And then your superior is saying, well, no, I'm going to bring this man in to mm-hmm. take charge. Yeah. It's like, well, what the it's fuck? Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> the deal with this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot there. That's just like great characterization. Yeah. I wish I could be a little more articulate, but it's just, it's, no, it's I think amazing. That's perfect. That says it. Uh, we'd like to hear from you out there. Yeah. You can email us again at ah, crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com about your thoughts on this um, episode as well as your thoughts on um, chapter one and two of the dead. Yeah. Also, you can follow us on Instagram uh, at all crap, a hellboy podcast, Twitter at all crap hellboy as well as if you can please go on to um, Apple and subscribe rate and review or anywhere you, um, you do your podcasting, please subscribe and rate us if they give you that option. If you do go on to Apple, podcast and you give us a five-star review and your review starts with the word boom Mm -hmm. or includes that word we will go ahead and give you a shout out right here on the podcast and that's what i'm gonna do right now we call this boom reviews (laughs) uh this one shows a date of july 7 2019 this one's from the the name on the review on the 
Apple Podcasts is nice to meeks you. <laughs> uh, he says, with, and it's titled, Boom, What a Podcast. Having just recently gotten to Hellboy myself, I was so eager to find a podcast or a YouTube series that would discuss the series as I was moving through it. And at first, I was disheartened at the lack of Hellboy discussion content that existed out there in the world. And then I stumbled upon, ah, crap, a Hellboy podcast. Nice. Thank you. He says, our favorite crappers have filled that (laughs) void so completely and perfectly for me. And I'm sure for everyone else that has been listening along, I'm always a little awkward when it comes to leaving reviews because I normally don't leave reviews for things unless I really enjoy them. So I kind of stumble upon, stumble along until I reach a good stopping point. The good (laughs) stopping point here. (laughs) Thanking Mark and Kate for bringing such joy and depth to my Hellboy reading and for making me laugh and appreciate this glorious four color world more than I ever thought I could. Awesome. Really. Uh, thank you so much for that review and that, um, that's so nice rating. Nice to meeks you. Nice to meeks you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a boom review. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate that. We really do. Um, boom. it brings others to the, the pod and we appreciate all the listeners that, um, invest and, and take this journey with us. Yeah, dude. Um, with that said, quick um, segment I want to pop on the end of this. It's called Listener Creations. We had a listener um, through Twitter reach out to us just to check out a comic book of his. And we did that. We gave it a little review. We didn't, we're not going to, we just want to share it with you guys and you should go check it out. This comes from um, on Twitter at Kevin underscore Cuff, C U F F E. He is a creator of Metal Shark Bro. Now, you can currently get that um, right now. I believe it is released. You, uh, I tried to go to his website, and I couldn't get it to load, and I felt really bad. I felt really bad I couldn't get it to load <laughs> up again as we were um, gearing up for this. So, I just wanted to let you know uh, that Kevin has, is a creator, and he has a Kickstarter currently for Volume 2 of Metal Shark Bro. He shared a, a preview of it. I think the art is really fun. It's a really fun yeah, out cool. there world. It's it's super fun. I think you guys should give it a uh, give it a give it a, a view. Give it a view. <laughs> um, and he currently has a Kickstarter going, um, which I believe went live on the sixteenth of July. It's Metal Shark Bro Island of Misfit Bros. A heavy metal <laughs> shark, along with his flying eyeball bro, continue their battle against demons in irreverent action comedy. It's very irreverent and very fun. So we just want to give him a shout out. Definitely check it out. You can go to their Kickstarter. Um, I don't have the link exactly right now, but you know, these things are easy. You can just Google them and I'll hopefully share it just like as a link um, online somewhere, possibly on our uh, link tree, but definitely check it out. Metal Shark Bro. It's very cool. Very cool stuff. The character designs are great. I love the like colors in it and everything. Like I think it's really cool. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. It's it's high. And I like I think you should uh, definitely support independent comics. Yeah. You know, hopefully they keep making their their own creator made stuff, but then that can maybe lead to them getting a crack at the big boys, you yeah, know, dude. which is always a fun thing. But thank you Kevin for sharing that with us. Um listeners, give it a give it a view cuz it's definitely worth your time and it's high quality indie comic book. Yeah creation but before we leave do you have a quick hashtag right hand of draw prompt for our listeners um yeah yeah so for right hand of draw um we're gonna do (laughs) we're gonna do like uh since so much has been like said about the luchador scenes in the new movie 
I feel like that aesthetic is really, really cool. So I would want to see what the other characters, you could do Hellboy too, but like what the other characters faces would like that style kind of luchador mask. So like a luchador mask mimicking the style of like Abe's face or mimicking the style of like Johan's face. Like what would that look? Would it be like all glitter or like kind of swooshies on the side? I don't know. So yeah, like a luchador kind of mimicking the style of one of the BPRD characters. Yeah. I love it. Luchador, yeah. luchador style. I love it. Yeah. Very early, even before we even get to uh, Hellboy in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. But- I just, I feel like everybody talks about like, when I see like uh, discussions about the movie, I think ev- everybody just like, that rings with everybody. Like that, re- that really liked the movie. They're like, what could, what's not to like? There's the luchador aspect of it. There's but like, yeah. I think just the aesthetic is really cool and like the energy is really high and fun and like, the, it just seems like it really resonates with people. So I would like to see what they like, what creative way you could put the other characters in incorporate into like a mask, like their kind of style. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, great. So hashtag right hand of draw is luchador mask characters of Hellboy <laughs> yeah. or the BPRD. We love it. We hope you draw up and share it with us. If you do draw something up and share it with us on Instagram, please remember to tag us as well as use the hashtag right hand of draw. If you do that, we'll go ahead and we'll re um, post it on our feed. So more people will see your art yeah. and then hopefully follow you. And you know what? And then you'll become famous and wonderful <laughs> and be a wonderful artist. Be a for rich the rest artist. Of your life. Yeah. Be a rich artist, please. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. All right. In a quick addendum to this episode, we had to tack this on because we wanted to give a big thank you to our friend of the podcast, Alex Aronowitz. I think I pronounced that right. If I didn't, (laughs) I apologize, Alex. Um, But he is so kind, overly kind, I'm going to say. So he sent us a package. Kate doesn't know what's in it. I do know what's in it. Uh, there was something that got released only to GameStop and to Comic-Con. I went to check out a GameStop while I was at work. Um, and I posted online briefly in our feed of the Hellboy feed that the place was like closed when I showed up. So I was like, well, I gotta, I can't come back. I gotta work. Um, and then he messaged me. He was like, I'm going to go to my GameStop and I will send you guys. No way. So he has sent us and I expected only to get two, but apparently he sent us. Two of each. Oh my god! Of the Hellboy Funko um, five stars of the Hellboy. These are so great, and, Alex. And the there's another Hellboy. No way. And then uh, the Abe Sabians as well. Oh my god! They're <laughs> so. Oh, that's too nice. It's that's so nice. Far too nice of him to do. <gasps> oh, it's amazing! I want to keep all four and play with you two jerk. and display two. <laughs> <laughs> They're I mean, so there's great. two for each of us, so we can do whatever we want with them. Dude, these are fantastic. Thank you, Alex. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is amazing. You're too nice. What's we your love Venmo you. account? Yeah, we want to Venmo you. Please send us Seriously. Info. We'll, we'll pay for these. And it's cool because I don't know if he posted it on his feed. Hopefully he did, and you can watch it on Instagram. He unpackaged these. And it was really cool, and that's why we sort of liked them. We were like, "Wow, we had, like we had talked it. about them," but then I really think I was sold on it while watching Alex unpackage yeah, them. Just their, I love their like proportions of this one. Like it's cool to just see Funko doing, you know, other sorts of little guys. I didn't realize sure how the small they were. Even after watching Alex unpackage them, I thought they were a little bigger. I want to put I them like, like on my dashboard or something. Little with my da- car. Hellboy dashboard. Yeah. 
I don't know if Jessica will go for that, but we can. <laughs> I definitely am not going to end up on She's my like, dashboard. Nah. That's very hey, funny. Hey, do you want a little fish man up there? <laughs> they both look so cool. Yeah, they're great. I like that there's like a cool little window and then this little Velcro sort of like eh, door. Oh, yeah. Fuck it up. And then you get to see their little <gasps> accessories. Eight, little accessories in the backdrop is that Mignola it's art. It's great. It's like a little diorama. It is. Oh, it's very wow, cool. Wow, that is so neat. Well, I love these. We thank you again, Alex. Thank you so much. It's this incredible. This is crazy. We're going to send you something. In yeah, we got to send you something. If you don't yeah. give us your Venmo or a way to pay you for these, we well, have we to have send you something. we have your address. That's true. We do have your so address. So we know where you live. <laughs> so but we'll send you presents. We'll send you presents. Yeah, that's what we meant. Great. Well, it's thank so you. Cool. We really appreciate it. Um, I s we'll, we'll return the favor. Yeah, yeah. We have to. This is great. Indeed. But thank you again for listening. We'll be back again next week with part two of The Dead. The Dead. See you next week. And remember... I love you. We love you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll take this opportunity This to is burp. my dentist call, so hold on. Oh, you gotta take it. Hello. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Hey everyone, I'm Holly Laurent, and I have a new podcast called Mega. Each week, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Ross Kimball and Greg Hess. It's a fully improvised podcast existing in a fictional mega church called Twin Hills Community Church. Each week, we have a different comedian on playing a new character who works at the church. You can find us on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts, and I promise you, church is about to get a whole lot funnier. Campfire.